Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me, as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. Got a good one for you. LSU comes out of the final home game against A&M with another great victory, uh, beating the Aggies 42-30. to 30. Not as convincing as it could have been, I think, but whatever. We're going to take it. We still have the best offense in the country, and our defense is... Still our defense. Uh, we're going to talk about all that and what else happened in the rest of college football because uh, a, a lot happened. It's starting to shape up the postseason, both with uh, the football games and I think individual season awards as well. We'll get into all that. But before we do, I want to check in with the co-hosts, see how everything was win. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, Daniel obviously got home okay. Tommy is still with us for another week. That's awesome too. But, you know, I want to see how you guys, uh, how was it for Thanksgiving? Yeah, doing good. Good to be good to be with you. Had a happy Thanksgiving and a good Tiger win. So um, sad that the that the uh, football season is, is kind of wrapping up right now. But um, excited to be able to talk about it with you to this uh, this evening. Right. I uh, had a good trip to Louisiana over the Thanksgiving holiday, which included a trip to Tiger Stadium for my first game in two years since the last A&M game. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was actually surprisingly hot at the beginning. The, they were <laughs> forecasting like cooler weather, overcast, and the sun was right on us the whole first half pretty much. And it was like, Ugh. and then uh, along with the the Tigers' slow start, it was it, w- it wasn't too great. But then uh, clouds came in, uh, cooled off, energy picked up, and the Tigers got rolling. So it was a, a big finish uh, to the game and to the end of the regular season. So I was happy I was there and uh, glad to talk about that uh, with you all today. Right on. Happy to do it also. So it was a a good win for Tigers, uh, for the Tigers. Uh, they actually went 7-0 and at home this year, which is great. Um, Brian Kelly's really proud of that. It's, I mean, I didn't even think about that until just now that, yeah, we, we had our losses on the road or neutral site games. So uh, that is nice. Uh, brings us to 9-3 and overall, 6-2 and in the SEC. Two straight years of that, which is also really good. So I'd say we're getting our money's worth out of Brian Kelly so far. Still remains to see what our bowl destination would be. I still think we're going to end up playing Notre Dame in some way, shape, or form, whether it's this year's bowl game, next year's bowl game, some neutral side game in the future. But uh, I feel like that's in the works. Uh, but as far as LSU and Texas A&M, I'd... I did want to ask you guys, because just from what I was watching at home, it seemed like, you know, there was a, a couple different motivation or momentum shifts. It seemed like uh, LSU started OK, but then LSU or A&M just started getting all the momentum on their side. I mean, they jumped out to a, what, a 10 point lead at one point. So I was thinking, uh, here we go. We We pretty much have a. Uh, as sure Heisman candidate as there could be this year. All we need now is for our defense to just completely ass out and lose it for him at home in Tiger Stadium, which uh, luckily that didn't happen. But um, and I was I, I saw something about the what what their defensive change was. Uh, but I don't know. I just wanted to hear from you guys since you were there. Like, did it seem like could you feel a shift in the the energy in Tiger Stadium? Throughout the game, like when AM was starting to pull ahead versus when LSU finally did 
uh, turn it around and, and take control of the game? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think there was definitely an energy change. Um, Daniel, I don't know if you... I felt like there was there was pretty much a, a lull over the game for almost for most of the first ha- or for most of the first half. Um, I think the big momentum shift, and I mean, if, I'm sure you know anybody watching TV would have felt the same way. But when Greg Penn had that interception, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that was that was the most you know electric moment probably of the whole game. Um, of course, it kind of that kind of didn't seal the deal. Um, you know, I think A and M still kind of had some back and forth, but um, the, you know, the, I think the energy in the stadium was was good. I, I still stand by what we talked about last week, being um, the amount of the amount of timeouts they had to take and for injuries, TV, regular right. timeouts, all that kind of stuff, still kind of breaks up the momentum a little bit. But um, I would say overall, uh, a, a solid game, definitely good offensive production, but um, still disappointed in the. Uh, uh, I mean, gosh, if we had, if we had some, some type of defense, we just had a couple guys that could, that could play defense. We'd be one of the top teams in the country. It wouldn't even be, be, you know, it's not even close. Yeah. The, um, the offense even was a little bit slow coming out of the gate. We had the touchdown right at the very beginning with, um, I can't remember who scored the, uh, the very first, one. I think it was a, let's see. Uh, yeah. The Logan Diggs one yard run. And to go up seven to zero, but then AM struck back quickly and their defense was proven that they had a lot more pep in their step than ours. Uh, we couldn't make a tackle to save our lives. There was a couple ones, Omar Space completely whiffing on the outside, which led to a um, long Texas AM touchdown towards the end of the game. But it was just demoralizing when our defense could not get off the field on third and fourth down. And that was really yeah. kind of sucking the atmosphere out of it, uh, along with the the heat and the 11 a.m. kickoff the the stands by kind of the middle of the game were basically full uh but for a little while there it was maybe i would say 75 80% full and which which was all right but it wasn't like a bumping saturday night crowd uh it, it kind of got that way towards the end as uh LSU scored more and more and then the the big momentum shifter besides the Greg Penn interception that you mentioned, Tommy, uh, there was a couple of those crazy receiving touchdowns by Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. Uh, two of those were right in the corner where we were sitting and in the lower bowl or right in front of us. It was almost unbelievable them reeling in those catches. And then that's when people really started to believe, like, all right, we're turning this around and we're we're going to go on to win. Uh, and then the the chants were getting louder and uh, the the players were feeding off of it too. So overall, a good performance. The defense is what it is. They're not going to win you many games, if any. But Jaden Dales did his thing. After a, a slow start, especially on uh, the passing game, he really couldn't find his rhythm with the wide receivers. But that got kind of locked in over halftime. So Mike Denbrock made some good adjustments there. And then that's when he took over and did his own Heisman thing, which they were really promoting that too, like the whole Jaden for Heisman campaign, but with the halftime show and uh, all of that. So uh, they wanted to to milk what's possibly his last game as a tiger for all it was worth. Sure. And they, they aren't stopping there. I mean, I know they've now created a website, although I think that probably could have been done a few weeks ago, but they, they now have a website highlighting all of his accomplishments. Uh, I mean, this, you know, they call him the kid from San Bernardino. He, he, I don't know. I'd say the passing numbers were a little bit more modest this week, but I mean, he still accounted for four touchdowns through for 235 yards, did have 120 on the ground by himself. Um, 
He came up just shy of hitting 5,000 total yards. I think he had, he's only 54 away. But he did set the NCAA record for passing efficiency, at least for the regular season, which is amazing. Um, now, what I was going to ask you guys is, yeah, I mean, our offense did its thing. It's, uh, you know, every everyone was, you know, trying to get in on the act, it seemed. Now, just having watched this game, you you were saying it 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 seemed like shift possibly when they had the interception. I would say also in addition to that, maybe I don't know. It seemed like uh, you know when LSU needed to get the offense going when when Jaden finally broke off that long, huge run, which got him all the way down to like the I want to say like yeah. the five or so. Yeah, I feel like after that, it finally got going. And then that, the whole time I was thinking, I mean, Jaden looks fine. He's he's throwing well. He's running. But it like, I don't know. Just up until that moment, it seemed kind of like a, I don't want to say boring or normal. Just, you know, it was kind of missing that Heisman-esque play from him that we've seen all year. But then that happened. And I think that kind of helped things get going a little bit better. It was, it was a sleepy, it was a sleepy game. It's 11 a.m. What can we say? <laughs> yeah. I they mean, love to give it to us. I, you know, that, I think, I think that part was part of it. Um, and I also think, I think we need to, we need to recognize that A&M defense is not a slouch defense. They haven't had They're a good, good. like yeah, they haven't, they have. you know, as a team, A&M hasn't had a good year. It's not because of the defense. That was a very good defense. I think it was probably, you know, one of the top defenses we played all, all year, you know, Bama, obviously at top of the top, but a&M was up there as, as, as a, as a, a real test for, for our offense. And obviously um, Jaden and, you know, our, our receivers were able to, uh, to, you know, stand up to the test and, and do well, but I'm not, I'm not entirely surprised that, um, that we weren't able to set, set the world on fire as far as numbers go against this A&M defense. Right. But like I said, at least Jaden was able to shine a little bit here. I and mean, yeah, like you were saying earlier with the, the catches that these guys were making um, again, I, I just know from watching LSU that Malik neighbors is really effing good. I know he leads most receivers in a lot of the categories. I haven't seen Marvin Harrison jr. Play, but much, but I mean, I, I don't even understand why Harrison is in a Heisman conversation when he's not even producing to be the best receiver in the country. I think Malik neighbors should if any receiver should be in addition to him, maybe, uh, maybe Malik neighbors. I mean, why not? Mac Jones was in there with uh, Devonta Smith, right? So uh, why not Jaden and Malik? Because it's, it's been them all season long. So, uh, I mean, Malik had another hundred plus yard game, two touchdowns, had a long one of 45. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. So th- just the fact that Jaden's still putting up these long TD passes when Bo Nix is all, I mean, nothing against the guy personally, but he's the check down King, right? Like most of his plays and passes and touchdowns comes from short passing plays. So just looking at all that. I do think Malik is hurt by Brian Thomas being as good as he is this year. I mean, I, you know, Ohio state doesn't have a, doesn't have a guy like Brian Thomas. They have, they have right. Robert Harrison jr. So I do wonder what, you know, would Malik's numbers be as stellar if, if, or would they be, would they be even better if, if we didn't have Brian Thomas taking, a you know a very um 
important amount of you know receptions and and eating up yards and see you know he he seems like he's uh i he's clearly Jaden's red zone uh target like i mean i i feel like more short short touchdown passes go to go to um brian thomas than than malik Mm -hmm. although you could maybe argue a little bit the other way that the emergence of brian thomas is even unlocked Malik neighbors a little bit more with the fact that he's drawn attention away yeah. from him. So Malik isn't That's getting double teamed every single play uh, and to maybe to both of their benefit, but yeah, no neighbor said he's going to play in the bowl game considering he's 30 yards shy of the LSU all time receiving yards record. He set the, the number of receptions record in the game against A&M, which is pretty cool. He was uh, throwing the heart up to the fans and it almost kind of snuck up on you. Like, because uh, he was back-to-back thousand-yard receiver, which doesn't happen that often in college football, but it was kind of like he's good, but like an LSU all-time great that we're watching. It, it didn't really feel like that maybe at the time, but uh, I guess guess it's there because you compare some of his uh, years to others like 2019 Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson or uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and I guess yeah, he's right up there and. Is hoping to break Josh Reed's record from 2001, which would be pretty cool. Although he might be catching passes from Gary Nussmeyer because it is a little bit of a debate over whether Jaden is going to play in the bowl, uh, which would be kind of sad if he doesn't, but I understand the decision. Did you see the, did you, I, don't, I think this is just rumors, but did you see the moment of, um, uh, of, uh, of Malik neighbors coming back for another year next year? Hmm. I don't I think that's going to happen. He's probably going to be a top 20 pick. I would think so too. I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but I was like, man, I mean, it reminds me of, um, reminds me of, I mean, Devin white was about, was about this close to coming back that net for that 2019 year. Um, and man, can you imagine not to, not to change the subject, but can you imagine how good our linebacking core would have been if Devin white had also been on there with Patrick queen and, uh, Jacob Phillips and all of them. Yeah. I mean, I think we would have still ended up in the same place. Right. But, well, yeah, I mean, it would have been get much better, but we would have <laughs> been better. <laughs> right. Well, I was, I was thinking about that though. It's cause I'd seen the, the same thoughts about, you know, Marvin Harrison, cause he could obviously go pro. There's so much hype. I stress the word hype. Not that the guy's not talented, but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like well, when his Heisman campaign, Harrison. I know. Right. <laughs> but I mean, he built up this from last, last year in, in his bowl games or the, the playoffs, but he has a chance to come back. He didn't do it. He didn't do a couple of things he wanted to accomplish, which was win a big 10 title game. And like, he hasn't beaten, I don't think he's beaten. Yeah. He hasn't beaten Michigan. He probably could have some Ohio state records he could set. So decisions, decision time. Uh, but just bringing it back to, to LSU. Do you guys think that Jaden, not that he needed to, but do you think he solidified his case for a Heisman with this game? I think, and I mean, if you look at the stats and the tape, I would say Jaden deserves it. And I think most people, I mean, we're obviously pretty biased as LSU podcasters nah. uh, towards Jaden, but um, I've seen plenty of breakdowns where it lists like every single possible stat top to bottom. And, and Nick's is ahead of in a few of the passing categories, but Jaden Daniels is, uh, the leader in just about everything else. And so that it makes me lean towards him. Just the fact that LSU has three losses and will not be playing in a conference championship, though, does hurt Jaden Daniels. Not so a whole lot of fault of his own. I mean, our offense 
and our three losses offense did great against Ole Miss and kind of meh against Florida State and Alabama. So maybe there's a little taken out of the game and against yeah. Alabama. Um, so maybe there was a little bit more juice to squeeze, but I mean those losses were not on him. But the I, the voters, I think, just look at that three in the loss category and just discount it uh, a bit too much. So it's a coin flip for me as to whether he's going to win it, but I think he should. Uh, either way, it, it'll be nice to see a Tiger on the the podium in New York for the ceremony, and uh, it'll be a season that LSU fans, if not all of college football, uh, will remember for a long time. Oh, yeah, especially if he wins it. I mean, that'll be, what, our third, Yeah, uh, which should be amazing. Two, two in the last uh, four years, which honestly, we thought maybe this could be a national championship year. Yeah, we could pontificate if we had a defense, if that would still be the case. But uh, like we, we'd, we'd have settled for that, too. We weren't even thinking about a Heisman, especially not after last year. So I guess this is one that would be one heck of a consolation prize. Now, speaking of the defense, I don't know. They, they were showing you know, them themselves to be who they have been all year. So I I would say that they, at some point I saw Brian Kelly said that they had changed to like a cover two something or some, some type of cover two defense and they got three straight stops. So they did what they had to do. LSU got the win, which makes you wonder, you know, like a, why does it take four quarters to figure this out? But B, I mean, we're glad, glad we got it. I mean, our defense had four sacks against them, which which is amazing. Again, we Jaden can't help that, but it was it was good that the defense showed that. Now, do you think? Uh, I don't know. We're we're all looking at we're talking about coaching changes. Jimbo's gone. Is Mark Stoops going to A and M? All that, but with this defense though, because again, they did show something this this last game when it's, you know, most depleted they've been. Ashton Stamps was, I don't know, he was still kind of bothered from something last week, even though he he was playing. But I don't know, we had just, you know, guys continue to go down. Do you think LSU will be making a change in the offseason, or is it just, you know, hey, we've we've had some injuries this year. We'll Mm -hmm. fix it. I think think you got to make a change. Um... I just I just haven't seen anything really like I get that we don't have the talent. Um, but I mean, there's there have been some just there was just bad. I mean, the, that A&M offense really ripped us apart in pass coverage last week. I mean, there were guys just running wide open that I just didn't really understand as to I mean, ha- and like you said, Scott, for three quarters, like, yeah, maybe we made the adjustment. And I mean, you know. We had we had a few clutch defensive plays at the end that really sealed it away, but um, I mean it shouldn't have been that close, right? Did we all agree that w- yeah, with yeah. a with a standard LSU team, it's not that close? Mm-hmm. I would say you got to get rid of Matt House. I mean, it, it was pretty bad. We were, we were ranking almost near the bottom in all major defensive categories, and we played some pretty good offenses along the way, but we shouldn't have to be putting up. 45 plus points a game just to have a chance to win in an sec contest. I I mean, I don't know what the average scoring margin in college football these days is, but like, I think if you're putting 30 points and like, you should be pretty good. But with LSU, that is no safe margin because uh, the other teams they'll be doing just the same. And we have plenty of talent. We've discussed this 
a lot and the the secondary especially was decimated by injuries but you could tell just things weren't clicking across the board um for the line linebackers and secondary and i, I would be happy seeing another change although we, it has been a revolving carousel of coordinators over the past five years pretty much so the perfect formula has not been found and it's not easy to to locate but i think just to appease the fans it's something you got to do and uh, I expect that to happen fairly soon here, either maybe even before the bowl game. So uh, I don't know if Woodward or, or Kelly has already started the search, but I'm sure they're at least putting out feelers there. I, d- I do have a question for y'all. What since Dave Aranda left, what do you think has been the best defense we've had? What has been the best defense we've watched? Because I, I mean, we haven't had a good one, really. I wouldn't say no. any of them have been great. None of them, definitely none of them have any lead. Um, but was it last year's? I think for me, it's either last year's Matt House defense or uh, the Durante Jones defense the year before. Uh, yeah, I'd maybe go with Durante because I, I did remember thinking, man, it sucks that he's leaving already. But uh, yeah, I'd go with that one because yeah, the COVID in the year after that was just horrible. With Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini. Oh, right. Yeah. We were so hyped about Bo Pelini, or maybe not so hyped, but we were definitely like encouraged about the possibility of things going well with Bo Pelini, and that did not well, work out. Well, we bought it, you know, we bought into what Coach or- or- Orgeron. I mean, the guy just won the national championship, had the greatest season in college football history. It's like, I guess he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, who are we to judge Coach O? Well, I don't know, I guess. Just now we can, but. Yeah, now we can. Of course, uh, you know what? It doesn't matter. I still think, hey, as long as it's not above Coach O, it's not below us to ask him, hey, I mean, because one, one of the things I was going to say is you guys still remember, like, we, we didn't have a defensive line coach to start the season. They had to, because the guy we had brought in was diagnosed with cancer yeah. or something, right? So we haven't had him all season. They brought in Pete Jenkins, like, halfway through. So I, I don't know if that would have made much of a difference. I mean, that's still only, like, one aspect of the defense as a whole. So do you think, all right, so maybe that's just needs to be fixed. And we start the season with a strong unit there, but I think it's more than that because like you said, there's guys wanting wide open downfield and, you know, Sage Ryan had that one good play a few weeks ago, but like, uh, we just need more back there. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Now this, this, this defense has been snake bit. Between, like you said, losing the defensive line coach, uh, what, Makai Wingo going down. Uh, uh, losing defensive backs. Losing defensive backs. Greg Brooks also getting cancer and not being able to play. I mean, he was going to be a centerpiece of this team. Um, when you like our, our top top five cornerbacks going into the season are all gone. Maybe even top six, I think, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, it, it was a it's a depleted unit. Um but I don't know. I mean, Mason Smith has been a terrible disappointment. I, I don't see. Oh, that's right. Who again? I forget. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, you know. It was Am the, I supposed to know who that is? The number one player <laughs> in the whole nation at one point. <laughs> right. <laughs> who, who, you know, every college in America wanted, and then we got him, and he is not, he's basically never panned out. Um, I, I, I He's just been a terrible disappointment. It's really gotten, feels like he's gotten pushed around. That, you know, that when he's the biggest guy on the field. Um, right. I mean, he had a tackle 
Saturday he, he had one one solo tackle. So yeah, but I'm looking at the season statistics: 1.5 total sacks for Mason Smith over the course of the year, and uh, only seven solo tackles on the year, like less than one per game. Pretty what? crazy. Yeah, seven, seven solo, solo seven solo, nineteen assisted, so twenty six total tackles, one and a half sacks. I don't get it. Do you think the guy's just not like? I don't know if that's can be is, is something that can be coached. Like, it doesn't sound like he's getting much push. He's not. I don't well, know if it's a technique thing. Like we like we said, we haven't had a coach there all season, but still, you know. Now, now there is something to be said for a, a defensive uh, tackle not you might like their performance might not show up on the stat sheet because they're basically taking up they're they're taking up space and yeah. and, and freeing up space for linebackers to go and make plays um, stuff and runs yeah, yeah. but right. i but i don't just from from what i've seen from mason smith outside of that i just i just haven't seen i haven't seen the dominant benny logan type or uh you know Gosh, Daniel Hunter, Glenn Dorsey. I haven't seen, and that that was who we who we were kind of sold as what what we're getting. He just has never really stood out. Um, of course, he had the injury last year, but um, I, I, he's the one who I wonder. I, he's I would think he's coming back next year. He I think he needs to. I don't know what he's got, what he's projecting on like a draft board. Um, but there I, I, in my as I watch him, I'm like, there's no. There's no way that he's a top pick, even even mm-hmm. with his you know great rating at a high school and the the physical the physical um, attributes which you know you can't argue with. Yeah, I mean NFL scouts can give up easily. I mean we saw Dylan Moses go undrafted and Eli Ricks go undrafted. Uh, plenty of stories just in the same way. So that that would make sense to me. Back to the original discussion. What what's uh, y'all's percent chance you think of Jaden Daniels playing in a, a bowl game? To me, it doesn't seem that likely just because he doesn't have that much to gain from it. I mean, he's already shot up the draft boards, is a like a 50-50 shot for the Heisman, and all he can gain from it is like maybe putting up another couple touchdowns. Like he's he's not really gonna break any records or change the opinion of NFL scouts, and he's risking having a bad performance and dropping his uh position or forbid getting injured. So uh, I would say it's like a 20% chance that he plays in the game, which is disappointing because you like to see one last ride. Uh, but it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Man, I don't I don't know. I I like to think he plays. I feel, like, I feel like it's closer. I think it's closer than I think it's closer than 80-20, Daniel. I I feel like it's at least 50-50. Um I I, I I don't know. I, I like he, he does seem to have a little fire in him, like a little passion for the team, which is encouraging. Yeah, he seems to love the game. He seems to love the team. I mean, you saw him doing his uh doing his um you saw him doing his uh his senior day stuff. And yeah. um I mean I think that I think that he's I, I think I, actually I, I'm gonna say 60, 60 40. I'm gonna say sixty forty. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. So I think I think it'd be at sixty forty because the guy's a competitor. Yeah, he could hurt himself or his chance. I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's capable of having a bad game by himself. We all know that our defense could make it look like the whole team is having a bad game, but Jaden Daniels always shows out. I think if anything, like if they matched us up against Notre Dame or something, if anything, the worst case scenario would it would look like the the old miss game. 
where he shows up, but we still lose, you know, because yeah. our defense is horrible. But I think he would play. I'd put it 55, 45, maybe 60, 40. But I don't know if the, you know, if, if he won the Heisman, if, I don't know, maybe that's his curtain call. But if he didn't, I think that would give him some, a little bit extra to play for to like, all right, you guys didn't think you saw enough. I'll give you one more. And then after that is the, uh, the combine or pro day, whatever. Cause he would have either or both. Yeah. I just, I just think he plays. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Daniel, have you seen any like inside reports or anything saying he's not no. going to, uh, and it's hard to say like when the decision would even be made or when he might announce it last year, we were discussing Keishon Butte, is he or isn't he playing like up until the minute of kickoff against uh, Purdue. So it could go on a little while. And uh, right now, most predictions are having LSU somewhere around the new year's day date in terms of bowl game, maybe the rely quest bowl or the, um, the <laughs> citrus bowl, I think for uh, all the prestige that those carry. But uh, so Jaden still has a, a while to consider, as does Malik Neighbors and any other members of LSU. So um, we'll, is we'll the see. Is the Citrus Bowl the same as the Cheez-It Bowl, or are they just playing no. the same place? Same place. Ah, remember yeah. that we played Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah, the che- but the Cheez-It Bowl is now the Pop-Tarts Bowl, um, which is in Orlando. So they, they changed out on yeah. their, their craft Nabisco snacks. Um, <laughs> but it's Garrett still Nussmeyer, edible. Still yeah, edible. Garrett Nussmeyer won't be in the, uh, in the cheese room again. I hope somebody gets in the pop tart room. Right. Um, I don't know. Do you see them somehow elevating? I don't know that what would what would happen in the next few weeks, couple of weeks that would change anything. But because um, again, if if Alabama loses the SEC championship game, chances are they go to what? Maybe the Sugar Bowl. That's yeah, Ole well, Miss down. It's it's hard for LSU to move up because there's going to be at least Bama, Missouri, and Ole Miss with two losses ahead of us. So I think kind of by the contract, they're almost forced to be selected as like the X highest ranked SEC team, uh, and LSU isn't isn't really there, which is too bad because I mean we beat Missouri right. and we almost beat Ole Miss, so I would say we're at least as good as both of those teams. Right, but as far as Mizzou, we did beat them. And what we also have on our side that not many teams, like they, they, they know that LSU travels well, right? They know we will buy tickets, but only that, we will buy out every drop of alcohol that you have. Really? So they, they, they do have some, some leeway to choose between a, a two-loss team and a three-loss team. I think we have a ch- Plus, the, the TV ratings are always good, too. Like LSU yeah. watches at home just as good as we travel. So... Uh, again, uh, well, I'm not saying that's going to put us in the Sugar Bowl, but um, like I don't remember. I, I was kind of surprised that one year we ended up in the Fiesta Bowl. So uh, you never know. But yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of a lot of the top tier bowls are spoken for. So just just to clarify, um, this year actually the the Sugar Bowl is not available for uh, oh playoff. It's a play. It's a playoff this year. So um, Alabama. Like unless they get to the playoff, then they won't be in. They won't be in the Sugar Bowl. The next one, the one that would be most likely as a New Year's Six would be Cotton, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they can have that. We'll 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 play in Florida again, I guess. And, I mean, the Cotton Bowl is pretty uh, cool, but uh, 
I, yeah, I don't think we're making the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, predictions for the conference championships this upcoming week? Because that has a, I mean, the massive impact on the playoff, obviously, but Cascades down to the other bowls. Got Georgia, right. and, Georgia and Alabama. Can Alabama sneak into the playoff after losing to Texas? I mean, Texas is in their own championship. And then got the Oregon-Washington uh, rematch, which is big. We we got to talk. We got to talk Alabama. Can they beat Georgia, especially on a his on a, a epic win against Alabama? I mean, against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I mean, gosh, what a what a game there. Should it have been a game? Probably not. <laughs> um, but does Auburn give give Alabama a, a game pretty much every year? Yes. Um does Alabama have the momentum after that? Or are they kind of saying, you know, licking their wounds, questioning whether or not they're elite enough to play with the number one team in the nation? I don't know. What do y'all think? I don't think they're the type to lick their wounds. I'd say the fact that they went to the line with Auburn like that, like what, two years in a row though, when real, like you said, it really should have, they should have walked away with it. Plenty of games they have. It is, it was one of those rivalry games though, where you know she doesn't really, I just don't feel like we quite have this, right? So no, we don't. No matter no matter what the records are, they can show up, and Auburn Alabama will be a good game. Yeah, I would say can Alabama beat Georgia? Yes. Will they? I don't think so. Georgia was slow walking to start the season, so if Alabama caught them, then maybe. I mean, all, this this current Alabama team because Alabama hadn't figured themselves out at that point, but the way Georgia's playing now. I don't think it's likely that Alabama would win, but I, I don't know. Like you, they probably have a lot of confidence going after coming back from beating Auburn. So who knows? I, I do think I do think this Bama team now, despite the fact that they you know really went toe to toe with Auburn, and and you know whether or not they should have been in there, probably not. But I think this Alabama team has improved greatly over the season, and I I, I like I think I like this Alabama team's chances. 10 times out of 10 better than I do the, you know, week one, Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Do I think they'll win? I don't know. I, I, I you know what? I, I might, I might pick them to at least cover. I think, I think it's going to be a great game. I think, and I think Alabama, it, I, I just, it just, to me, it feels like that kind of year with the way things are going with the way that Alabama, who, you know, was one of the best teams in the country, with the way, with the way that Auburn really just absolutely gave them gave it everything they had, I think I think Alabama is is in a position to do the same thing to Georgia and really give the uh, the committee some uh, some troubling some troubling things to deal with. Mm-hmm. I will say that this is a really good weekend for the conference championships in general because just looking at it, I would say that there's eight teams left with a realistic chance to make it in the playoff going into the final week. And that's not usually the case. Usually you're at this point, you're down to like six or maybe even five teams looking for those four slots. Uh, but with the way things could break, I mean, anybody could, can make a jump in there. Obviously you got the four undefeateds right now with Georgia, um, Washington, Florida state, and I'm blanking Michigan. Mich- Michigan. Yeah. With Georgia and Michigan looking the strongest out of those, but even Michigan has a weird test with the stout Iowa defense and who knows what's going to happen there uh, with the, the big rematch in, in Oregon and Washington. I mean, if Oregon goes in and thrashes Washington, Oregon's favored by nine right now, if Oregon wins big, do they get in even with one loss? Uh, and then the thing about Alabama is that even if they beat Georgia 
if Texas wins, Texas has the head to head against Alabama, the committee could just go crazy and, and have the tide jump uh, the Longhorns. Uh, it's happened before, no. which would cause just about a meltdown in, in Longhorn Nation. So it's it's anybody's ball game. And then the other thing is Florida State without Jordan Travis, even if they win to finish the undefeated season, could they get jumped by a one loss team and get left out undefeated? That would just be pretty insane, but it's not impossible. So uh, I think it's probably the I think it's probably the the correct decision that the committee would make. I don't think that they're as good as I mean they're clearly not as good with without him as they were with him. I mean even even this Florida game um, that they played shows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But they but they would have still stayed undefeated without him for three games. So it goes to show that maybe it wasn't just him; it was everybody. He was no, definitely I... good. But well, no, I'm just just playing devil's advocate, really. But like, if they're looking at the whole team. Yeah, they're not as good, but I I just don't think I think it would be sacrilege to omit an undefeated conference champion of one of the last remaining big conferences uh, just because of that guy. I I totally agree with what you're saying, though. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about about this situation is that it's almost like they wrote this perfectly. And I'm not a fan. I'm not necessarily a fan of the moving to the to the 12 team playoff. But this is basically the exact situation where people are going to be like, this is this is why we're getting the 12 team playoff. This is why, because they're going to they're going to be probably two to three teams with a very, very good case as to why they deserve to be in the playoff that will be left home. We'll be playing in either hopefully a New Year's Six Bowl. If not, they'll be playing in the Carrier Bowl or the Advocare mm-hmm. Bowl or the you know Armed Forces Bowl. And they'll have said, well, look, like with next, if this was one year later, we'd be playing, you know, possibly on the road, possibly at home, or even have a bye. And we'd be playing for a playoff spot and, you know, things would be better. So I think that, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily, I think we've talked about it. I'm not necessarily a fan of the 12 team playoff, but um, if you wanted a year to illustrate like why, uh, like what that's going to do it's this year mm-hmm. because yeah. even in, like Ohio state, who's sitting at home this weekend, they have They're a chance to, to get, to get in yeah. uh, if yeah. things break the right way. And it's, it'll be interesting because this is uh, one of the big tests of whether committees favor like resume strength of wins, conference championship wins, or kind of the eye test. Because if you go on kind of the quote, eye test, who's looking the best, it's probably Georgia, Michigan, like secure. And then I would say maybe Oregon and Texas have looked the best besides them. And they have one loss. Meanwhile, Washington and Florida state are undefeated. Uh, so can they jump? It's, it's hard to say, or whether they say you're under, you're undefeated, you're automatically in. Um, it, it'll be an exciting two days of college football. Exactly. Because Oregon and Washington play on Friday. So dang, I didn't even realize yeah. that they play on Friday. Yep. What time is that a late game? It's, um, yeah, 8, 8 p.m. p.m. Eastern. Eastern, so 7 o'clock Central, which would be 4? No, 5 o'clock Pacific time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're on Friday, and then everybody else is on Saturday. You know why? It's because no one watches the damn Pac-12 championship. They definitely don't go to it. Maybe this will change that, but I, I don't know. I doubt it. I just remember seeing the last time, because uh, it's, you know, Levi Stadium. It's a brand-new stadium. It's nice. Yeah. It's pretty centrally located. It's what... Uh, an hour or two flight 
from everyone in the Pac-12. So it's not that big of a deal. But it is played on Friday, which is odd. But I would say the fact that Michigan handled Ohio State for not only the third game in a row, but just this time, like even the players were talking about it. Like they just, you know, these these guys, they were pushovers. They, you know, there's no toughness to them. Uh, not only could you see that maybe in that game, but I mean, what, they were, they only had seven points against Rutgers by halftime. And like one of your guys on offense is supposed to be a Heisman candidate. I just don't buy it. Maybe you can blame it on the quarterback. Well, he's not CJ Stroud, who's doing great in the NFL. But I mean, come on. I mean, I I, I think you could even say the CJ Stroud under, underperformed at Ohio State. Maybe they didn't utilize him well enough. I didn't, uh, the CJ Stroud that we're, that we're seeing in Texas or in Houston is not the uh, is not the CJ Stroud I remember from Ohio State. Yeah, Ryan Day was holding him back. Just remember that. I, I agree. <laughs> I don't know. We're we're getting silly, but. Uh, Point being, with all the, it is an interesting year for them to want to implement new changes to the playoff. I will say that, uh, but I mean, you you could look back over the last decade or or more, you know, or twenty years, you know, before they instituted the BCS and say a lot of the same things, right? Like, if there was a four team playoff in two thousand seven, would LSU still have been the national champions? I would like to say yes, but hey, we don't know. I, I do I do kind of I do kind of wish that uh, I, I wish we could go back and just bring the computer in and let, let the computer decide our college football. Right, we're not worthy, computer. We're sorry. Even better, <laughs> even better, we'll go back to just having a bunch of sports writers just yeah. give out a national championship. Don't even play just a vote. game. Just just have the votes. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. AI, we'll, we'll we'll let AI decide it. Oh, that that'd be good. Chat GPT national. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, we, we should probably create something like that uh, or just do one based off of NCAA simulations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. I would say uh, we have conference championships to look forward to next weekend. We have the Heisman vote to look forward to after that. And of course, after next weekend, I think we'll all know what by are they, they're doing it Sunday. The, the bowl selection show. Actually, I think you're right. I think it's the day after the conference championships. So, yeah, we will know hopefully by this time next week where the Tigers and everyone else is heading. Now, anything else that we haven't talked about that you guys want to cover? I think, I think that's it for right now. We'll, we'll hold off our thoughts, I think, on the kind of the season retrospective for LSU because we can get towards that in the, the lull towards and after the bowl game. Uh, but, yeah, good end to the regular season with a big win against those uh, stinking Aggies who beat us last year. And uh, yeah, one last ride college football weekend this week. So enjoy that while it's here and uh, go Tigers. Daniel, we can't, you can't, you can't stoop and start talking about the Aggies like they're a legitimate rival. They're not stinking Aggies. Like we don't have any, we don't have anything against them. We don't have anything (laughs) for them. They're just another team because they're not our rival. And that's what I'm going to say about that. Okay. Tommy's putting his, his foot down. And I'm going to put my rivalry championship cup down and say that LSU should make some cups just to make fun of him. No, I'm joking. Because then that goes back to what you're saying. Like, if we make cups, if we try and show any sort of interest into making fun of them because of that, it's like we care. We don't want them to think that. 
but I don't know. I, I, I did hear that they were going to do some sort of yell practice somewhere in Baton Rouge Friday night. I wanted to follow up on that story to see if any Tigers fans went there to record it or if they heckled them or anything. Now that I'm all for. I, I'm, a, I'm all for that. Is, but, but I think, yes, I, I, that's, the one, that's the one thing I would, I would accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't hold hold your yell practice in our territory. That's I'm t- just... I'm totally okay with us being anti yell leader and like and <laughs> everything that they stand for, but I don't want to turn a And M into I don't want I don't want corporate SEC media to win and allow them to astroturf a uh, a rivalry because I remember when we used to when the, when this game was the Golden Boot game that we played on Friday after Thanksgiving. I liked that better. I think that was Same. a better, better uh, rivalry. And so, but then one day people just decided that we were rivals with A&M and we were going to have to play on Saturdays. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Tommy. And I would, I would stake my, my claim that that's those two should be mutually exclusive. It's like, yeah, you can hate the yell leader practice and want to shut that down and make fun of the Aggies all you want. But uh, anything beyond that, it, yeah, it doesn't mean that there are rivals. Yeah, shouldn't be. Absolutely. No matter what the SEC office says. But anyway, uh, we can we can talk about that all offseason. Uh, but I think that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Definitely tune in next week. We will have the conference championships to go over and uh, LSU's bowl game because uh, we're going to know where that's going to be. And then we can start to, I guess, uh, theorize of what the, the Heisman race would look like. Now, L- Jaden Daniels will not have that game like maybe one or some of the other contestants would but uh i don't know i think he's done enough and left it all in the field let his stats which currently lead the country in almost everything speak for themselves so until then hope everyone stays safe stay tuned and you tune in next time with us here on Talking Tuesday.